Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The Best in the World Podcast with Richard Parr. It's here. It's finally here. The 2018 Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang, South Korea, is upon us. The medal ceremony does take place on this Friday. It is, of course, Thursday, the 8th of February today. But two of the competitions have already begun in the curling and the ski jumping, I believe. But what event are you looking forward to the most? Let me know. In fact, join the conversation, join the discussion place where we can talk about all things related to the Winter Olympics and high performance in sports. Join our Facebook group. It's Best in the World. Just put Best in the World in the search bar. Go under Groups and you should see it in Facebook. I'm going to put a link to it on the show notes page so you can click straight through to it. Join the group and join in the conversation. Let us know which sport you're enjoying the most. Who are some of the stars that have inspired you? What are some of the stories and tales from this event that really interest you? It would be great to engage with you on our Facebook group, Best in the World. Come and join us there. Now, it is the Winter Olympics, so of course it's right that this week we speak to another Winter Olympics legend. And I'm delighted to say that I'm speaking to another speed skater this week. We've spoken to a few great ones. I'll send a reminder later in the show of who some of the great speed skaters we've already spoken to are. But this week we speak to the 1,000 metres gold medalist, from the last Winter Olympics in Sochi in 2014, it's Stefan Groothuis, the Netherlands skater. He had a pretty tough career, suffering various injuries. He even sliced his Achilles with a skate. And then, crucially, in around about, I think it was 2011, he'll, he'll remind us exactly when it was, Stefan suffered with depression. And he talks about what he went through there and and how he was able to eventually get over the depression, how he was able to get over this mental breakdown, who helped him and how he was able to turn it all around and become an Olympic gold medalist. It's an inspiring story. It's a very earnest story. It's very open conversation with Stefan. He's really honest with me on this podcast. And we talk a whole range of things as well, such as being over-focused. 
We talk about his real disappointment at the 2006 Torino Olympics. He goes through a typical training day and how it differs between summer and winter for a speed skater. And he gives us an idea of what his morning routine is. There's that and so much more on this week's Best in the World with Richard Parr with Stefan Grutois. I can't wait for you to hear it, so let's get to it. He is the best in the world. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Stefan Groitoist, welcome to The Best in the World with Richard Parr. Of course, you had amazing success at the 2014 Sochi Olympics where you won a gold medal in the 1,000 metres. We'll cover that and your amazing career as well. But let's first start, Stefan, as I, I know you recently retired from the sport. What have you been up to most recently? Um, well, I'm actually trying uh, a lot of different things. So. <laughs> First, I started a uh, my own company, which I uh, do something with uh, the mental and the physical uh, side of sports. But then, for uh, uh, well, to, to 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 tell my story and uh, how we can translate this for companies uh, and also uh, consumers, particular. Uh, Particulars. I don't know if you even know the, the the English word for that, but uh, just uh, regular people who want to learn something from uh, athlete sports and uh, and special. I'm interested in the mental side of uh, uh, um, uh, top sports and how we can translate this for uh, for other people. And so I'm doing that. But uh, to be honest, as well. Uh, I uh, like to do something with my hands and to uh, uh, make things. So I also work once in a while uh, as a carpenter, which is oh, something wow. totally different. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I like to build things and make things. So I also do that. So I try, I try different things. And, uh, well, it's a, it's a journey after, uh, uh, after retiring and uh, finding out what, what to do. Yeah. Mm. What what type of things are you making with your carpentry? Uh, we just were later, uh, recently we renovated a building in a, a small town which I live close to, and which is a really old bank of over hundred years, and which had a really cool um, old style. And so we just uh, everything had to be fixed. So um, it's more like the, the uh, um, whole uh, keeping keeping the old style of the building in 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 in, in touch we, we can just just smash the, everything down you have to really be really careful to to hold the historical uh, part of the building and so i, I like to uh, that that's really nice to work on that wow when you said oh you're doing a little bit of carpentry i, I thought you were going to say something like making little model boats or something like that no you're, you're doing full projects like how much of experience have you got in this and not much, and I'm doing that on my own. I'm working for other guys with other guys with real professionals who <laughs> <laughs> teach me to work on this. But that's I, I maybe I, that, that's what I like to learn new things. And uh, like carpentry is, is most of it is new to me. And uh, but yeah, you have to uh, you have to uh, really be careful with things and, and work. And, and also you're, you're working with your hands, making things, and that's the the physical side of of sports maybe what i'm also searching for I, I like to be on projects which are more um 
um, uh, talking about the mental side and the physical side of sports, which are some, sometimes more a- kind of abstract. And this is really, um, I don't know, what the concrete. Yeah, that's like not the right word. Huh? That's the Dutch word. For it. <laughs> yeah, you have to be really uh, uh, um, um, work on on uh, on something. Uh, yeah, you, you have to really. Uh, you can really build something. You, mm. you see it exist. You can really uh, see rise it up mm. from the ground. Now, and had you thought about what you were going to do after speed skating? I know you said you're, you're trying to you're trying a few different things. You're trying to find exactly what you want to do. Had you thought about it at all before you retired? Yeah, I thought uh, a lot uh, while my career. I thought a lot of what what I'm going to do after that, but I never found the answer. To to be honest, <laughs> I uh, 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 there's the, the the kind of normal life after speed skating is almost abstract for a for me for a top athlete. It's um, and, and as well the uh, that's why I'm trying different things because I also tried even other things last year, um, I find out you have to be really um, working and doing things and experiencing experiencing things to find out how they work out for you. And um, uh, making some, I, I made a few tests here. You have some assessments which you can make <clears throat> and they, at the end of the test they say, well, maybe you, get, you have to get in... Uh, well, in construction, for example. But if you never experienced this work at all before, uh, it's pretty hard to tell if, if you're fitting in this world, fitting with the people working there, uh, if the job, uh, the jobs are, are fitting with you as a person. So I really found out you just have to try things and then find out, yeah, well, uh, in, in time, what, what, what really uh, matters for me and what's really working for me. Mm. And I think that leads us on quite nicely to how you started your career. Like, we all grow up as kids trying different things and seeing what we like and what we're good at and what sticks. So how did speed skating come about for you, Stefan? Um, well, I uh, lived uh, at a lake. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, so, and, and in the winter, uh, in the time I started with speed skating, which was in the late 90s. Uh, we had some really uh, cold winters in Holland and we had a lot of uh, natural ice. So there was this lake and I just, uh, I just every minute I could, I picked, picked up my skates and, and started on the ice. And I was so in love with the sports from the, from the moment uh, I, I learned from it and, and started uh, skating it. I was, I was uh, really in love immediately with the sport. So uh, even when we got uh, a break in school time, uh, I was in college time and we, we had a break from, from school. I just ran out of the, the classroom and w- ran to, there's another lake besides the school and just put on my skates and would sc- uh, skate for 25 minutes and, be just in time back in school so every minute i could skate I, I started with that and then that was the time i really fell off and then i thought well maybe i can uh, go on uh, on on competition skating on, on and, uh, i immediately also loved that then you go to an artificial skating track but uh, that was lovely as well so you've got this big lake and you, you you're trying 
you're on your skates every single day and and obviously you you ultimately end up with speed skating were there any other of the um winter sports that you tried and that you were pretty good at on your skates no actually not in, in holland is speed skating is the uh number one winter sports we don't have uh, a lot of snow we don't have uh so so skiing or any kind of that that sports is not yeah well you only can go to on holiday but we didn't so i never never tried that before and uh so i actually don't didn't do any other winter sports i tried and um but it i don't know if that mattered it was speed skating was i was really i did some other team sports before like soccer and other kind of sports and i liked it but i i find out it was really an individual sporter and like to be in a competition which was really clear Here's the starting line. There's the finish, and get as soon over to the finish as you can. And that's uh, I really I really like that, and uh, I like the movement of speed skating. And uh, yeah, so I was really in love immediately at this sport. Mm. And you mentioned the how popular speed skating is in the Netherlands, and and the fact that you are so successful at the sport i think the most successful nation by far at the last winter games um growing up i'm assuming there was a lot of competition were you always successful there as as you're going through the junior ranks yeah well um i first started at a, a, a just a regular club of course and then it was well pretty obvious soon that i had some talent so i it was a small club and i got really soon uh, uh a champion there and then uh well you find out there's bigger competition so more bigger regional competition and well then it's getting harder but uh anyway i was in the third year i skated i got uh already a dutch national champion so that was going pretty fast yeah i was was uh, going pretty fast uh, forward but uh the other thing then uh, came around that I got an uh, invitation for the national junior selection. And uh, then uh, I, I got really fast and good in three years, but I only skated three years. So I didn't have a lot of uh, training experience, So which meant I uh, had to pace up with the uh, with the, with the training uh, a lot, uh, the other guys, which with at that moment I started to train with in a junior selection, had way more uh, experience with with training. And um, after, in the fourth year, then after I got Dutch national champion, I uh, had to start training like ten, and then even twelve, thirteen, fourteen times a week. And wow. and th- and that's a big difference, which I was with which what I was used to, just train like five, six times a week. So um, that's a that's a pretty tough uh, uh, exhaustion for your body. Your your, your body has to to uh, to uh, to, uh, yeah, to 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 transit to this uh, training regime. And then I had a period of uh, which took me longer to make the next uh, next step. Oh wow! Well, I think it's a good time to get an idea of what a typical day was like for you then Stefan why don't you just let us know what what, what a day w- would be like for you um it depends on of course summer and winter uh, uh like people it's really fun it's not funny it's it's uh of course uh, to understand that people don't know but most people think well speed skating is in winter 
you just start in uh, October with training because then it's the ice and then you get competition. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> we, we finished the season uh, end of March and then two weeks later um, we start again. We start over for the next season. So, uh, And most of the work, training work, uh, has to be done in summer actually. Um, and the other fun thing about speed skating, I think, is uh, we use a lot of different training methods because in summer most of the time we can't skate so we do rollerblading at that time a lot of cycling a lot of weight training uh also you have to be fast because i was a sprinter so you, you do some athletic training on the, on, the, on the field and track and field so uh, there's a lot of different training methods but in the in a typical summer day would be like uh, uh in the morning for example three hours of cycling and then uh in the afternoon um, um one time uh, a weight training which is mostly not that long that they are like one hour but sometimes you go a rollerblading maybe one two hours um but there's a of course in in that there's also a lot of different uh, uh, uh training uh, uh levels which you use like like you use the uh, intervals or uh, more uh, extensive uh, endurance or intensive endurance you probably know them all but uh there's there's a lot of different uh ways you can fill in these uh these trainings yeah mm. what was your morning routine like stefan um well we used to uh get up at uh wait 7 30 or something like that and just uh, when we were on training stage you would go to the uh dining hall and, and have a breakfast with with the team at eight and then, uh, yeah, then you have some, after that, you have some time to uh, uh, re-close, to put your uh, training clothes on. And then, for example, start at nine with, with cycling and we're back at 12. Um, well, then you have some time to shower, have the uh, lunch at what, one, uh, 12.30, uh, well, an hour of lunch maybe with, uh, with the team. Then you have some time off until uh, three o'clock or something. And uh, and then we we got the second uh, training of the day, like from from three to five, um, and then uh, then the day is over. You, you shower again and uh, and um, have dinner. So there's a lot of time, a lot of time with the team. Uh, that will be a, a typical day for uh, for uh, for on a training stage. Uh, when 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 I was at home, I uh, I, I didn't live too close to the uh, to the ice track of here in Veen. And here in Veen in the Netherlands is the uh, the national center for speed skating. So I had also uh, some some uh, car traveling time to the uh, to the ice track uh, when I was was speed skating in the winter. So um, but of course at 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 top sports, there's also a lot of you have your um, um, uh, physiotherapist. Uh, um, treatments. Uh, there's a lot of sites. You have, you have your co- your every uh, uh, evaluation with uh, with your coach about how your progression is going on, and so uh, with another coach, maybe you go um, see your um, video uh, and see uh, re- review your technique, your speed skating technique. So there's a lot of different sites on on top sports which you uh, which you can do on a day and. Obviously, you don't do them all every day, but so, and, and you're busy with your uh, material. Your 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 material is that a good word? Mm. <laughs> your the, the the speed the skates itself. Mm. You have to uh, your you have equipment. to 
your equipment, yeah, I was searching for that word. <laughs> You're working a lot on your equipment uh, because they have to be really, really good, uh, of course. Uh, so there's a lot of work on that too. So there's a little, yeah, you can busy with your uh, nutrition. Um, there's a lot of sites on uh, athlete sports which you can work on. What do you mean by by work on the equipment? What what is a, a top speed skater looking for from their equipment? Um, well, there's there's uh, where do I start? <laughs> so, uh, well, I don't know if most people know that, but a, a skate that's that's for a hockey skate and a speed skate. It's all the same. Short track skate. They have there's a rocker on the on in the, underneath your skate, so the, the 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 skate is not totally flat. There's a, a, a rocker in uh, rocker in there, and that has to be really perfect. So, um, and we have special uh, equipment to measuring equipment, which you measure it, and uh, we have a, it's a, the, the English word for that is a jig, which you put it in your skate, and you can work on your skate with with stones uh, um, to to make them a perfect rocker in there. So, I can tell you that's a lot of work to make that that perfect. Um, but there's also a bend in your skate. You can imagine skating is always going uh, anti-clockwise. So uh, we're going also uh, always anti-clockwise. Um, there's a little bit of a bend in the blade. So the skate already uh, turns from itself a little bit with the corner. So if you put the so if you if the skate is getting under, uh, under an angle in the corner, it will automatically go a little bit uh, uh, turn into the corner. But yeah, there's a lot of uh, fine tuning in that. From how with how much do you want it to go with you? Because if it's going too fast in the coming too quick back in the corner, that won't work. Uh, and, and so that you can, there's a lot of uh, fine tuning in that. And then you have the stance of the the blade underneath your shoe, which can be in well in 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 like five directions or something, which you can uh, put it. So. Um, and then the, the shoe is always also, um, I, I, don't, I don't know how many, and maybe I, I did make 20 pairs of shoes in my career or maybe even more. And they're all custom-made shoes. So they're, they're, they have different shoemakers which make custom-made shoes around your feet, which are full carbon-made shoes. And uh, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of sites of, of skates which you can uh, find you and, and you're every day working on that to make that, perfect in combination with your uh, physiology with your physical um, physical uh, strength uh, to put this power in a perfect way on the ice mm, well having started this conversation with you saying about finding something mental and physical and, and making something with your hands i think we need a stefan groot hoist skate that's what <laughs> i think line of skates yeah well, who knows who knows oh, well there's some, there's some good skating makers and that's actually the boots which i was uh, skating on the shoes the, the they uh they are built by uh, a guy which is totally no family of my, of mine not related but he actually has the name of Grothuis as well oh, wow <laughs> <laughs> these are not from another part of the netherlands and he, <laughs> i skated on my own shoes which well well actually not mine but uh, <laughs> that's pretty fun the best in the world podcast with Richard Parr. Well, 
we'll be back with Stefan in just a moment. And one of the topics we often cover on this podcast is about sponsorship and how athletes and sports stars can get funded. And there's various podcasts that we have and various people we've spoken to, such as Sonia Looney a few episodes ago, who cover it really, really well. I think Brian Clay was also a good one. Go back and listen to those podcasts. And of course... Here as a podcaster, doing the best in the world with Richard Parr, we need the funding as well so we can keep going, so we can keep learning from the greatest sports stars on the planet. And of course, if you would like to be a sponsor or an exclusive sponsor or you want to be a part of the program, of course, you can email us directly at sportsdesk at sportachino.com. Sportachino is S P R. Oh, let's see if I can spell it right. S P O R T U C C I N O. There we go. Uh, you can contact us directly there, or you can do it on a more regular basis of, of maybe a smaller amount at Patreon. Now, Patreon is a crowdfunding website, a bit like Kickstarter. But what's great about Patreon is you can continue to support us on a monthly basis. And depending on how much you support, the more you get back from it as well. We have different tiers from $1 to $5 to $10, all various amounts. And I would really appreciate it if you can help support us. We've got a page. It's patreon.com forward slash best in the world. Please check it out. We've got a few bits of exclusive content there as well. It's patreon.com forward slash best best in the world. All right, let's return to the conversation with Stefan Grutois. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Talking about equipment, um, and, and, and you mentioned training gear earlier, there, there has been the story in the, in the last few weeks that Norway, who are so famous for wearing their red, have decided to wear blue. And it's all coming down to some sports scientists and some research saying that actually speed skaters go faster in blue. What do you make of this? Yeah, I actually didn't dive into that. I uh, I heard it as well, but that's where it and for me, uh, in, in, in the past, I uh, also uh, heard a lot of time that red would be the fastest because you're more intimidating your uh, opponents with that color. So I don't know. Maybe you can tell me. I don't know what even the, 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 the logic about this is. is the, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. I think they've done some data. They've done some research. Um, was there anything like that that you tried throughout your career? Was there anything which you thought might give you the edge? Uh, and in fact, was there anything that you tried, thought it might work, and then it actually didn't? Yeah, we did a lot. <laughs> uh, well, we, there was some time, uh, and I really didn't like this uh, uh, experiment. There was a time they uh, put oil in the tube in the tube of your skate, and the oil was going through the blade and uh, put on the ice in the front of the blade. So you were constantly gliding over a thin film of uh, oil. Oh wow! wow. Um, but I was not really happy with it because I already kind of felt that um, the International Skating Union would forbid this after a while, and that happened. So I had some feeling this was going to be a uh, an experiment which did cost a lot of time and to to make it perfect, and at the end it was worth nothing because before the first competition it was already forbidden. So uh, um, um, 
and and but also with suits, we had some different. Uh, of course, you had uh, yeah, I don't know the the English word for that, where there was some 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 um, thicker layer on the suits, different times, mm. uh, which was already started in in 1988 with Nagano Olympics, and uh, that was also forbidden after a while. Um, but there were some different experiments with with suits. And the thing with suits is it's it's, it's a lot of these things come back to uh, psychological phenomena, I think. Uh, also, probably with the blue suit, it's mostly the intimidating uh, part of it, which makes uh, other opponents come in, um, come in, make make them panic and make them escape slower because of that. But it can also work uh, 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 in the wrong direction. Uh, I think that's what happened with the uh, American suit in the Sochi 2014 games, for example. The, the Americans were really good in the preseason uh, for the uh, Sochi games, and especially the women were winning everything. And then they came up with a really special suit of Under Armour uh, while, what was it, the two weeks before the Olympics actually started. So they only had like two weeks to 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 uh, to uh, um, hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Get used to these suits themselves. But um, uh, then one or two guys skated a, a bad race in this suit. And the whole team went kind of mentally down, it seemed like, from the outside. Because... They were all kind of getting in, in panic, like this suit is not good. This suit is really bad. So um, I was always uh, pretty. Um, I think I think we, you have to watch out with these uh, these these kind of new phenomena. There's a lot of uh, um, um, 
guys who who are out of the sports and who think, well, we we got a really crazy idea which could make the sports uh, better. But uh, they also they always want to protect their ideas and and want to come up with these ideas just before the of course most important moments like the Olympic Games and. Um, in, in most of the time, it just it just gives a lot of uh, um, not, yeah, well. The, the the situation get gets less rest less rest. There's less rest rest to go to the games, and every a lot of people get in panic. And I think that's more happening with these things than they really actually helping a lot. Mm. But of course, there's and there's there's some you know in speed skating we have to. The slap skate, you call it, it's, it the skate is uh, opening. It's uh, in the past where there were fixed skates. And yeah, that's obviously a really big uh, improvement. Uh, so, of course, there's possibilities but to, to improve the sports. But you have to be careful for yourself, I think. Uh, yeah, I think all of these companies which produce equipment and, and clothing wear, they do really need to work closely with the the real high profile sports stars don't they there's a a really good book i don't know if you've read it by um the the guy who started nike um phil knight called shoe dog and part of the reason they became so successful is because he worked so closely with uh steve prefontaine and his coach and all of these people trying to find out exactly what they want what they need and I, i think that really helps them um Stefan, you mentioned uh, the US team in 2014. Of course, you were so, so successful there. We're going to come on to that briefly in a moment. Um, but I want to talk about your first Olympic experience in 2006. How was that for you? <laughs> um, it was, uh, uh, of course, I was really amazed. and uh, re- uh, Now, well, not maybe amazed. I was really uh, happy to be able to go to the Olympics. And... I was going there with uh, with the idea, well, uh, if you go to the Olympics and I got that year uh, one time second on a, on, a, on a World Cup, I thought, well, if I got second, I can also win here. I can I can get gold. It was not really, I was not in the position, position that a lot of people would think I would become Olympic gold medalist. But for myself, I thought, well, if that's, uh, that's possible, I can also get Olympic champion. So I was really focused there on... And that's, of course, a good a good thing to put there my best performance. But maybe I was a little bit over-focused. I, uh, I, uh, I skated a really good opener, my best opener ever. And, and I skated actually the, the, first, the fastest first lap of the whole uh, field of the, of the competition. But then I uh, made a really big mistake in the second last corner, which I uh, flew out and uh, lost a lot of time and I got eighth. So to be honest, I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I had a time at, at some several weeks after this, uh, this Olympic race, I got um, literally uh, sick of this game, of this competition. I had, to, I had to almost throw up every time I had to think of this oh. back at this race. Because I I had the feeling I, I so uh, I felt this game so big because I had this uh, this really uh, bad corner and which uh, felt like a really big uh, failure. So um, yeah, on the one hand, it was a, of course a really big and and uh, super uh, uh, experience to be at the Olympic Games in Torino. But on the other hand, you also have to feel like well, you only get one chance, one shot, and you missed it. 
So uh, there was a little bit of uh, two sides on these games. How long did it take you to finally get over that, Stefan? Um, well, um, to be get really over it, uh, pretty long, probably <laughs> years. And um, but then um, um, on a, that, that that that's a side deep side in deep inside you, which you can put a, really put away. But on the other end, uh, you just start and work uh, even harder to get to get back to get to get back better than ever before. So uh, I just started to work even harder, and, and um, I got back to the season after that and skated really well. But uh, yeah, to to forget these things, uh, you you have to maybe uh, even after you got some other big successes, and that took some several years to get uh, to get the really big successes to get over this yeah you said you were almost over focused for those games was that something you were able to change for for future competitions and and if so how did you do it oh well actually uh could could uh do this for the first time after uh, probably 2012 when i got world champion for the first time so that was a six year late six years later during a really, I make a really brief uh, uh, story of my career now. Sure. Uh, after this Olympics, I had a good season, uh, 2006, a good season after that. <clears throat> but the season after that, uh, I got uh, a big uh, Achilles tendon injury, so I couldn't skate a whole a whole year, which was of course a, a big disappointment. I uh, I was out there for a, a whole season. You sliced it, right? I sliced it. Yeah, I sliced Ooh. my Achilles tendon. So. Uh, uh, two days before the first competition of the season. So, uh, uh, well, an Achilles, uh, a, a Achilles tendon recovery takes a lot of time now. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, but then uh, I came back uh, really good. Um, I started uh, better than ever and got um, Dutch national champion, won some World Cups for the first time. So I was getting at the, at, at the, at the highest level of international speed skating in 2009. But um, uh, the thing was, these years, uh, I, I changed the team. I was really good. I was winning World Cups. I was the, a lot of time the best in the Netherlands. But uh, on the really important games, like the, the World Championships and the Olympic Games of Vancouver, I got, most of the times, I got fourth, which was, uh, was a pretty, pretty, pretty big uh, uh, disappointment, of course. And I really, um, the one thing I did all of those times from 2006 up till 2011 was, well, I messed it up. Uh, I have to work even harder and I have to work harder and I have to be more um, tough for myself, and, um, and which I did. But uh, mentally, that was uh, pretty hard and uh, I had a mental breakdown in 2011. Um, and... Well, that was, of course, a really uh, tough time to uh, to uh, live these mental problems. But uh, as well, it made me really think, yeah, well, why I, why am, am I doing all of this? For who am I doing all of this? And uh, the one thing I did was take the sports a little bit less serious than I did before. Maybe I took it a little bit too serious in all those years before that. Um and the strange, well, strange thing is uh, that the season after 
2011, which I uh, really stepped in because of my mental problems of, well, what the heck, we'll see what happens this season. Um, I got world champion two times and uh, everything was going way more maybe natural and more of ease. And um, so I uh, and that and that made also a really big difference in the way I went through the Olympic Games of 2014 in in, in compared to like Vancouver 2010 and and Torino 2006 because um, in uh, 2006 and 2010 there was only one op- one option for me and it was I have to win gold and um, in Sochi I went I, I thought well of course I'm really good I, I won the national uh, championships to qualify myself and I can be the best in the world. I can be um, uh, Olympic champion, but the rea- the reality is there's 40 other guys trying, and there's a lot of guys really good, and there's also some um, thing in there which you always you you can't just uh, um, um, get grip grip on on every fact on everything in the in the race. There's also some things you, which you can't manage, and if you let this kind of feeling loose. I skated better than ever before, so that was uh, that was uh, an important lesson for me in my life. I think, uh, um, and and one way to also put it, uh, when I went to Torino, there were some festive festivities around the Dutch team, and I was always thinking, oh, ah, well, I got sore legs of this all this walking and all this. I just wanted to be only busy with my speed skating, and in Vancouver it was the same. But in Sochi, I thought, well, there's some festivities the the, the Dutch national king for example was uh, getting around and um, um, the, of course the big opening uh, uh, ceremonies uh, I was really enjoying it for the first time that well this is the games this is something really special and, and now I'm here I'm just gonna enjoy all of these festivities as well and not see them as a um, uh, which something which are standing in my way to get my best performance you understand yeah, no, I do, and I think it's it's a way of finding gratitude, isn't it, and, and appreciating where you've come and what you're doing. And I guess in some ways it's also uh, a way for you just to, uh, as you, as you say, almost switch off, so you aren't over focusing. You're you're allowing your mind and your body just to kind of rest a little bit from the actual day-to-day minute-by-minute thinking of speed skating all the time and Stefan you you mentioned there about the the difficulties you had in 2011 uh, with the the mental side and 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 it was reported after your um your victory in Sochi that you had suffered from depression who Mm -hmm. were some of the people who were able to help you with this who were some of the people that you leaned on yeah, that's really close, uh, uh, close uh, related at, at the first place. Uh, of course, my wife and uh, my parents, my sisters, uh, and, and one really good friend. Um, <clears throat> and there were some uh, colleague athletes which really supported me. Uh, my coach, um, he was really supportive in a way. He was not, not, not like talking to me a lot about what I was going through with this depression, but, um, what he did was, um, uh, he gave me this, uh, he gave me the space and the trust. I could come back and everything would turn out to be fine at the end. 
And that was really important because I was physically terrible in the summer. I was really, uh, <laughs> I was uh, doing some training. We did, we did some time trials, for example, on a bicycle and I was really uh, crushed by the women in our team and which is uh, not a good uh, sign for uh, getting into the winter. So um, uh, there was, uh, but, but he was not, getting in panic and he was uh, giving me space and time to recover from this. And so, so my coach had a really big, uh, uh, of course, a big uh, role in this, but of course your, your relatives are really important in these, uh, in these days. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I'm not a, a mental health expert or, or someone who, who particularly knows too much about depression, but uh, Stefan, how, how did it kind of, end for you is it something which just happens gradually or is it something which i don't want to say overnight but you can almost quickly put behind you there's like a, a day there's a moment there's a word there's a how, how did you kind of eventually get out of it no it, it started overnight almost but it ended gradually yeah it, it it's there's a lot of people because i pretty often tell about this subject in the Netherlands. And um, uh, there's a lot of people asking me, of course, because if you're there, you just want one thing, and that's to end it immediately. Mm. But, um, yeah, to be honest, I don't also have an answer for that. And I don't, I don't think there's this, this, this one thing answer which ends everything. But um, uh, time will also uh, heal, I think. Time is, is an important factor. And, um, um, and of course, there's a lot of other things which you can do to help and which your, uh, um, your, your relatives and, and supportive group can help to get you out of there. But uh, there's just unfortunately not one thing, of course, besides maybe medical, uh, medical in intervention but uh, which can, uh, can can quickly uh, help improve things but um, besides that there's not one thing which can can really help but with one one of the things which which did help me was actually sports itself because um, uh, and, and especially the, the competition when um, when uh, but but being um, working on my sports uh, as, as good and bad as it, as it went this summer with, with training, I, I skipped a lot of training, but as well, of course, I still went on with training. So uh, uh, I, I think that's that's a given uh, a known thing about depression that uh, getting uh, getting off your chair and being doing things is is an important factor to uh, to uh, to recover. So I did that, and um, but when the competition started my body almost kind of recognized this, um, this, 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 this competition and it made, made me really, um, uh, yeah, uh, um, the, this competition, I started to skate everything for a really, really short time. Everything went, uh, everything turned around this competition. There was this depression and all the subjects which I was, uh, um, um, working so hard in my mind to to get them fixed, we're not that important e even anymore. And everything um, was about this competition for a really short of moment. And in the beginning, of course, after the competition, uh, uh, all the problems turned out to, to come back. But um, 
the competition itself helped a lot, actually. Mm. And you mentioned you won titles then in 2012, the World Sprint Championships, the Single Distance Championships in, in Hiranven. Yeah. What was your goals and, and what did you realistically think you could achieve when you headed to Sochi? I was, uh, uh, I was re- really uh, convinced I could win gold. But I was, yeah, I was uh, pretty, uh, uh, yeah, well, I was convinced I could win gold. But the difference was I was not uh, sure or um, a totally, there was not a totally demand I had to win gold. And that was maybe the difference. I know I was, uh, uh, I had the self self-esteem that, yeah, well, I can win gold, but if I won't, I'm not a total failure or something. It's just, yeah, well, that's how life goes one sometimes. But that, that was important for me, I think. Um, mm. And I think a lot of uh, athletes uh, later on, or if they're, they're competing a lot of time and on, on a high level, are more even demanding they will win the gold or win the big prize. But there's a lot of factors around a competition and it simply can that somebody stands up and is just a little bit better. And, um, yeah, then if you got second or third or fourth, you're not the most worst person in the world, but it can feel, I can tell out, out of experience for an athlete, it can feel like that, that you, that you totally failed. Yeah. Before we did this interview, I, I put a tweet out to my followers on Twitter at Richard underscore par asking them if they had any questions for you. And I got one question. It was actually from another podcast called Olympic Fever. And they recognized that you, you were 32 going into those Sochi games. Um, and their question is, what did you do to maintain your physical shape and remain at top form to win the gold medal at an age considered to be old? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, um, uh, work hard, of course, uh, but as well, work smarter. Um, you, you, the, 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 of course, you, you uh, get a little bit less in your best physical years in, the, in, in your 30s, but as well, you got way more experience uh, with uh, listening to your body and knowing when... Um, uh, and, and choosing your battles was for me a really important thing. When you're young, you're battling, uh, if you uh, don't watch out, you're battling with your teammates all year long because you want to win every training and competition. And if you progress, you learn that uh, some battles are way more important than others. And sometimes it's just you have to focus on, uh, on, the, on the training, uh, training effect of, of, of what you're doing. And, uh, and really uh, um, um, doing it as work. Well, you have, to, you have to do your training as a workout and not see it as another competition. And if you get older, you, uh, you know uh, which competition, when, which uh, a few times a year you pick out. And here I'm really uh, uh, demanding all of the best out of my body and out of, my, 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 out of this training. But on the other training, you have to be smart and um, um, doing all the works you need to do, but don't uh, exhaust your body uh, too much, which a lot of lot of sportsmen can, of course, uh, well, overtrain them, but 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 um, 
yeah, well, be smart about that. And but that's also that's a lot of experience needed for that, I think. And um, monitor your monitor what you're doing. So I did a lot of uh, data um, um, uh, training, data and uh, training diary. Uh, um, I I did a lot of uh, monitoring of my the training I did. So that uh, made me learn a lot about what was important for me and what was uh, less important for me. Yeah. Mm. And you certainly got your best out of your, your run in Sochi. You, you were lap 16. Uh, you got the, the quickest time. Did you think that time when you got it would be enough to get gold considering there were four more races to come? Well, I was not sure about that. <laughs> no, I was not sure about it. And I was uh, true with that because uh, Danny Morrison got four hundredths of a second, which is, of course, not a lot um, behind me. So, uh, but I knew when I, was, I skated 108.39, uh, that would be a time uh, which was not easy to, to be beaten by those guys. And uh, the last pair, I actually knew those guys well, I was pretty sure they wouldn't do it, but that's that's a kind of strange situation because you kind of inside know well I'm the Olympic champion, but uh, you can't just go out and uh, scream it out because some guys are still skating and uh, 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 well you never know. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, yeah, I was not completely sure, but uh, yeah, kind of uh, I was really well I was really happy with the time because I know they're going to be a really tough uh, this this is going to be a really tough tough time for these guys I bet it was pretty nerve-wracking sat there it was really nerve-wracking yeah yeah for sure and the other thing was with the Olympic Games uh, they take like two times as long for uh, for a race every time they take a lot of time to introduce the, the skaters and so uh, normally there were four races go after me and normally I would have got off the ice and watched, watched it over there. But I thought, well, four races is not that long in a normal competition, but it took like twice as long as normal. So I was like 15 minutes on the ice waiting for what, what was going to happen. <laughs> it was uh, really not a... I, re- I was really focused on racing that race, being busy with my tasks. And I, 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 I honestly didn't, thought about well what after what after if i got olympic champion or something i i was just saying oh well (laughs) what's going on and what was the emotion like when when that final race ended yeah it's of course a uh roller coaster in your mind because of all the things that happened because of the uh previous olympics i did which was which which i was not successful on um so uh yeah that that was a really emotional moment uh, my coach Jack Ori which was there like for 6 year my coach at that moment and um um we worked really hard with me was there to celebrate it which was really cool uh and then my wife and my parents were also uh, pretty close so I could uh, go to hug them and yeah that's that's fantastic to 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 uh, share and celebrate these moments with these people. Mm. And I think it's been fantastic celebrating your life and career on, on this program, Stefan. I, I really appreciate learning from you and, and hearing your story. And I think there's definitely lots of things that we can put into our everyday lives 
thanks to your knowledge. Stefan, just before you go, can you let us know where we can continue to follow your journey online, if there's any websites or social media that we can keep up with you at? Um, well, I've got a Twitter and a Facebook account uh, and a, a website, uh, which is my name, .nl. So, Stefan Groothuis, .nl. Um, well, yeah. Wonderful. Well, I'll make sure we put links to that as well so people can continue to learn from you. Stefan, thank you for being on the podcast and thank you for being the best in the world. Thank you. Thank you for your podcast. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. It was wonderful to speak to Stefan on this week's Best in the World with Richard Parr. Really honest conversation, particularly about depression. And there's been another conversation we've had on this program where one of our stars has spoken about getting over depression and continuing in sport. And that is with the former world snooker champion, Graham Dotts. That was episode 87. Go back to the archives and take a listen to that. Plus, we've also spoken to lots of different speed skaters on the programme. One of my favourites, one of my favourite interviews ever on this podcast is with Chad Hedrick. That was episode 57. I've also spoken to Joachim Uydetahag, Jan Blockhuizen, and of course Jorit Bergsma, all speed skating Olympic champions, all with amazing stories to tell. And they're all available on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Acast, and of course at sportachino.com. Whatever is your preferred choice of listening to podcasts, please make sure that you subscribe to The Best in the World with Richard Parr so you never, ever miss an episode so you continue to get the greatest knowledge from the greatest sports stars in the world. And if you have a few moments and you're on iTunes or you're on Stitcher and you'd like to give us a rating and review, that would be really helpful too. The more ratings and reviews the more people hear about our podcast as we would love to continue to grow. If there's any of these interviews, any of these podcasts, which you think any of your friends would like to hear about, please tell them about it so we can continue to spread the word from the greatest athletes on the planet. Well, I hope you enjoy the Winter Olympics. Remember to join in the conversation in our new Best in the World Facebook group. If you want to support us, head to patreon.com forward slash best in the world. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Richard underscore par. All right, we'll be back next Thursday with more amazing knowledge from the sports stars who are the best in the world. Goodbye. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.